everyone, and welcome back to Reaching Out with Reach podcast, where we bring to you discussions and topics surrounding our community, prevention, and recovery for all. Today, we have our very own Elisa Duran, who is a youth prevention specialist for Reach. Summertime is here, and we all look forward to a little fun in the sun when it's not double digits here in Texas. <laughs> but there are also some safety precautions we must take, and Alyssa is here to do so and talk about them. Shining light on the importance of staying safe in this summer, Alyssa will be giving us a few tips, statistics, and useful information we can take with us this summer. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. So... Oh, sorry. I was just saying it's good to have you here. <laughs> um, spreading summertime safety and awareness, something we could all use. So I'll let you go ahead and dig right in. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Crystal. Um, so as we are in the midst of the summer season, I thought it would be beneficial for us to discuss and spread some awareness for the increased impact that driving while intoxicated has during the summer. Um so while the summer is usually full of fun, we will also want to make sure that everyone stays safe so that we can keep having that summer fun. Um, so the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, or also called the NHTSA, um, collects data and produces statistics on DWIs. So a lot of the information that I'll be sharing today will be um, information that they have put out um, and they also have campaigns and things to help reduce rates of DWIs. So the data that they've collected shows that the percentage of fatal crashes involving individuals under the influence of alcohol is typically higher in the summer months. Uh, these months are May, June, and July. Now, this could be due to several different factors. Um, one of the main ones is the summer holidays. A lot of the crashes happen um, kind of surrounding those summer holidays because they are typically associated with traveling. Um, people like to go out to the lake for Labor Day or Memorial Day um, or, you know, travel to family cabins, things like that. But they're also associated with drinking. So this combination of traveling and drinking uh, can result in more instances of accidents caused by DWIs. Uh, the 4th of July, it's actually been found to be the most hazardous day driving of the year. Um, each year, those numbers um, are high on 4th of July. The NHTSA reports that from 2016 to 2020, there were 1,390 drivers killed in motor vehicle crashes over the 4th of July holiday period. Uh, and 41% of those drivers were drunk. So this is just the number of fatal crashes. So the number of crashes in general is also a lot higher than that. Um, but not only holidays, also things like summer vacations, um, school breaks, uh, and just increased travel for vacations and things can also cause those numbers for crashes to go up. But as we know, summer is not the only time that driving under the influence takes place. Uh, the NHTSA reports that about 32 people in the US die in drunk driving accidents every day. So that is about 
45, one person every 45 minutes, which is a lot. Um, in 2020, 11,654 people died in alcohol impaired driving accidents, which is, is crazy. It's a very high number. Um, but now that we know some of the statistics and the dangers of driving under the influence, it's also important to be educated in uh, the way that this works. So we're going to talk about some of the ways that alcohol affects driving. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, think that they are okay to drive after just a couple of drinks. You know, if you go out to a restaurant and have one drink or two drinks and you think that you're okay, um, but even a small amount of alcohol can affect your ability to drive. So first let's talk about the way that alcohol affects our driving skills. Um, alcohol reduces the function of the brain. So it impairs thinking, reasoning, and muscle coordination, which all of these things are essential for driving. The state of your brain slows down your reflexes. So it causes reduced coordination, affecting your ability to steer or use the gas and brake pedals appropriately. Uh, it also impairs your vision, causing blurred vision and slower reaction time. So alcohol is absorbed through the stomach and small intestine, and then it is passed into the bloodstream. So a person's alcohol level is measured by the weight of the alcohol in a deciliter of blood. This is called the blood alcohol concentration or the BAC. So the legal limit for driving in the U.S. is 0.8 BAC uh, due to the elevated risk of crashing. But the NHTSA has started a campaign to kind of show that an even lower BAC than the legal limit can also affect your driving ability. This campaign is called the Buzzed Driving is Drunk Driving campaign. And the purpose is to show that uh, is to show the different effects that alcohol has on driving and to eliminate these risky behaviors on the road. So starting at a low BAC of 0 0.02, uh, people start having a decline in the ability to perform two tasks at the same time. So multi multitasking and then declining visual functions. Um, a little bit higher at 0 0.05 BAC, there is reduced coordination, impaired judgment, and lowered alertness on top of what is already being caused at the lower level. And then at the legal limit, 0 0.08 BAC, there's difficulty concentrating, short-term memory loss, reduced information processing, and impaired perception. Um, a little bit over the legal limit at 0.1 BAC, there is reduced ability to maintain lane position and brake appropriately. And finally, at 0.15 BAC, there is substantial impairment in vehicle control, attention to driving tasks, and necessary visual and auditory information processing. So as we can see, all of these different levels that show that there is a risk. Um, so it's important that even if we've had, you know, only a couple of drinks, only one, only two, that we still don't drive and don't take that risk. So as we know, 
There are devastating consequences for driving while intoxicated, like injury to self or others, or even death, but there are also consequences legally. So as I stated previously, the legal blood alcohol content limit for driving is 0.08. Um, and in Texas, DWIs for drivers 21 and over are based on the number of offenses and other situation specific factors. So for people over the age of 21, your first offense, there is up to a $2,000 fine and then jail time between three and 180 days. There's also license suspension for up to two years and then an annual charge of up to $2,000 for three years to keep your license as well as DWI intervention or an education program. For the second offense, that $2,000 fine is gonna be increased to $4,000. And then the jail time is going to be increased from one month to one year. Um, then the other consequences are gonna be the same. So the education and uh, the charge to keep your license. Uh, for the third offense, the fine is increased now to $10,000. And then the jail time becomes state prison time for between two to 10 years. Um, there are also increased fines and jail time if you have a child in the car uh, younger than 15 years old. And for drivers who are under 21 who receive, who receive a DWI, the first offense will result in license suspension for up to one year, a $500 fine, and an alcohol education program at least 12 hours long, as well as possible community service. Um, additional offenses for minors, those under 21, uh, may also include penalties and fines for things like uh, the consumption of alcohol or possessing alcohol. So as we talked about all the consequences and uh, things like that that can happen with DWIs. Um, I would like to talk about some prevention things, ways that we can uh, prevent ourselves and others from being involved in these accidents. The first thing is to plan your safe ride home before you start drinking. So having a designated driver, if, you're go if you know that you're going somewhere where you're going to be drinking, before you even go, make sure that you have someone who will be able to take you home. Um, the second one is if someone you know has been drinking, don't let that person get behind the wheel. So you can take their keys. Um, you can help them get a ride home. So if you're not drinking, you can take them home. If you have a designated driver, maybe they can help drop them off as well things like that, just to make sure that, you know, anyone you know is not going to get behind the wheel in that condition. The third thing we can do is that if you've been drinking, don't drive for any reason. So calling an Uber, Lyft, taxi, a friend, a parent, um, you know, methods of getting somewhere without having to drive yourself are a lot more common these days. So it's really easy to download the Uber app or the Lyft app and get a ride to you pretty quickly, usually. Um, the fourth thing we can do is if you're hosting a function where alcohol will be served, make sure your guests leave with a sober driver. 
Um, so if you are hosting a party, a wedding, uh, anything that you know that alcohol is going to be consumed at, you can make sure that your guests have a method to get home. Uh, whether that is, you know, an Uber or Lyft as well, or it's if you're just taking their keys when they get there, things like that, making sure they're not going to drive. And then the fifth thing is just to always wear your seatbelt. Because sometimes we can't control, you know, who we're encountering on the road. So we want to make sure that we are as safe as possible, um, including just wearing your seatbelt. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the information you shared. You know, we sometimes we take things for granted and forget the consequences that come from our irresponsible actions. So thank you for this helpful information and reminding us that summertime is fun, but we also we must remain safe while having fun and fun. Um, so, yes, thank you again. As yeah, we close, thank you for having me. No problem. Yeah. As we close out, I do want to give a huge thank you to everyone who participated volunteered and supported our very first Toss for Cause fundraiser. The event was a huge success and we couldn't have done it without all of the support from our community. A big thank you to Cornhole for Community for hosting the fundraiser and for being there for, for us from start to end. Thank you to our sponsors, Bright Home Energy, who was our premier sponsor, our award sponsor, Citizen National Bank of Texas, our lane sponsor, William Barris, with Green Light Roofing and Remodeling, and our community sponsor, David Taylor Constructions. Lastly, thank you to all of our silent auction donors, Pistol and Pearls of Midlothian, Dallas Wings WNBA team, Ellis County Barbecue, and Christy Slider Photography. We can't wait to do it again next year. Thank you all once again for tuning in. And remember, life is full of choices. Choose happy, choose healthy. 